You are now tuned in to the December 26th podcast, where we encourage you to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. What's up, 26er family? Welcome to another episode of the December 26er podcast. I am your host, Delisha, and we are back with another episode of Extraordinary Occurrences with producer extraordinaire, Demarcus Adisa. What's up? What's going on? I ain't, I'm not feeling like producer extraordinaire. It's been a long weekend. It has been a very long weekend. My eyes are actually burning at this point. I don't know why I thought you were going to say your eyes are ashy. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I feel you. Um, That sounds like a very ethnic way to describe dry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Ben Stein, clear eyes. Um, yeah, I, I'm tired. Wow. I, I'm, I am in desperate need of a vacation. We have had a lot going on and a vacation has not been anywhere in sight this year. I don't even know what that word means. Isn't that when like there's a storm coming and you got to like like get out or vacation. something like that? <laughs> I haven't been on vacation at this juncture. Uh, it's been a year. Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah, it's been a year. It's been a year. Um, I did go to Atlanta in December, but that was for a wedding. So I don't think that counts. Um, but yeah, this ex- exactly a year because we were in Europe. Yep. Oh, I did go to Mexico for a wedding. Shortly thereafter, I think it was it. What is that? Was it after Europe? I don't even know. But anyway, it, it's been about a year. Right. Um. And for someone who takes pride in traveling and has done a lot of it, this is a pretty long stretch because all the days I've taken this year have been dedicated to philanthropy. So and we had a point where we need charity ourselves. I mean, I'm at the point where somebody can somebody donate uh, a sabbatical <laughs> right. a sabbatical to me because um, this is a lot. It's a whole lot. I enjoy it. But and I've taken other days, but we've used them for podcasting stuff. Right. Recording episodes, speaking to the kids out in Connecticut. It's just it's been a lot going on. this A year. whole lot. So but in any case, here we are back again. I'm glad it's just us today because at least we can freestyle it. Um, although this was not just in the spirit of full disclosure, this is not something that we planned out of choice. We've had an unusual amount of cancellations and rescheduling happen since the weather broke. It's just really hard to nail people down in the summertime. So it really hard. Plus, you know, Mercury is in retrograde, you know, all <laughs> kinds of things. It's just, you know, people are having their hot whatever summers. It's just a lot. City girls, city boys, summer, city boys, summers, girl, not us. Summers. I'm wholesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> just going to grace right by that. No, this summer has been, for me, I haven't done anything this summer. I went to a wedding and I've been out of commission, which we'll get into for a portion of the summer. Um, and yeah, that's it. Just podcasting, just podcasting and the and fun. fun. That's it. That's life right about now. That is life right about now. There, There's at least three, three different times during the week when I ask myself, what were we thinking? Trying to do all this. But it's working somehow. You know, trying to stick to the tagline of the show, which is being extraordinary on an ordinary day. Uh, but I think what we often forget is um, sometimes those days can be very long if you want to do extraordinary things and go above and beyond, uh, you know, the regular life. I don't know what the wording is for that, but just everyday life. If you want to break out the monotony of everyday life and do something different, um, that you may have some long days trying to be extra. And that's exactly what we were doing, planning this gala and this back to school drive is being extra. So extra. So, so extra. But the crazy part is we choose to be extra but then somehow it works out, which just encourages you and motivates you to be extra again. Right. That's the problem. It's sort of like you get a high from it, right? When you actually accomplish something that you have a vision for, you bring it, you know, from just being an idea and then you manifest it and so and it actually happens and you get a high. And you're like, all right, we should do something again. It's almost like during that high where you say, okay, we should do this, that you forget everything it took for you to mm-hmm. manifest that last vision that you had. Because the same person would be like, all right, I'm cool for a little bit. I think it's like how people, how women describe childbirth. Where like it's it's so painful and there's you know as close to death as you can come. You know, I guess some studies say that it's it's very people don't realize how high risk just giving birth without complications is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when they lie or they lay the baby on your chest, like you just forget. You forget everything. that you almost died. Yeah. So um, I should look that up. I've read that somewhere, but I've never actually verified that that is true. Um, verified it was true. That how close women are to death. Oh, they're rid- ridiculous. When having a baby. During childhood. I don't think you have to look that up. I mean, modern technology back in the day, like. Yeah. 
so many people were lost just because of just babies. trying to have a baby. Yeah. Like we just perfected that in the grand scheme of time, having babies. And still, black women are at a much higher risk. Hey, right. Uh, still giving birth. But that's a whole other episode for us. That's a day. whole other episode. Yeah. Y'all want to learn more? Go ahead on Amazon and type in medical apartheid I mean, by God knows who, but I can see the book in my mind. They'll, they'll tell you about the history of black folks and healthcare in this country, but right. whole nother conversation. But I think similarly with dream realization and trying to do anything at a very large, memorable scale, it's really painful and there's a lot that goes into actually birthing that vision. But then when it happens and you see the end result, and that adrenaline is running and the joy that you feel, it's like, wow, that's great. And then you're on to the next thing and you're thinking, what else can I do? Which is the thing that has plagued us probably for the last couple of years. Right. I'm going to take, you know, advice from my grandmother from beyond. And after this back to school drive, I'm going to sat down somewhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a big question mark about the status of the gala next year. People want to know, is the gala happening? Because it was so great. Are we doing it again? Now, here's the problem with that. The gala, yes, would be next spring, like late spring, early summer. But what it means is that we have to go right from the backpack drive into planning that. <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know about that, man. I love the kids. I love the people. That's a lot. It's a whole lot. So It's a whole lot that, you know, you receive your... Uh, your pay is just the smiles and the joy from other people's faces. And I mean, granted, that's why we did it. Right. The, the sheer gratifi- gratification that I felt from the, the joy that other people experienced was great. Um, but our, our certain aspects of our lives have effectively been on hold. Right. Due to community work. So and the, uh, and the stress of said community work. I had a full season before we decided to do this gala. <laughs> you now, sure about that? I'm over here looking like Luke Gossett. <laughs> I don't know. Um, no, you you looking more like the dude with the scary eyes from Car Wash. <laughs> what is his name? I don't even know. I forgot. I'm going to have to look it up. But anyway, um, yeah, we might have to consider, I don't know, a, a, bi-any, a biannual thing. Cause it's just a lot. I, I don't. I don't know what to make of this. Bill Duke. That's who I was talking Bill, about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your eyes you know, are you, looking a little tired. You know, you're messed up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll figure it out. We'll um, figure it out. But you know what's wild? That we celebrated your birthday in Europe, where we recorded that UK episode a year ago. Time moves so fast. It doesn't seem like a year ago. But it was, because you just celebrated another birthday. I did. How are you feeling about that? Older. That's it? Just older? I, just, I, I feel like older. I feel like I was supposed to accomplish so, so much more than what I've done right now. You know, you have these visions of what you see your life being. Um, when you're at a certain, at this point, right? Because I'm, I'm 31. And I'm like looking around like, hey, none of this pan out. But again, I'm taking a non-traditional route of what I want to do. So, you know, you got to take the bumps and bruises along the way. And there's highs and there's lows, there's valleys and there's peaks. But, you know, that's what happens when you take the road less traveled versus a more traditional railroad. I'm going to, you know, get the company job, get the wife, 2.5 kids, white picket fence. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about this on your birthday. Um, and what I can say is that I think that's something that plagues a lot of 26ers. We make unconventional choices, but then sometimes when life doesn't move at a conventional pace in those choices, it can weigh really heavy, heavily on you. Right. And I think one of the pieces of advice that I have to remind myself of and that I try to give other people is that when you choose to go in a different direction and you don't follow those traditional paths, you have to be prepared for the people around you and your peers to produce results a lot more quickly than you may be because you didn't go the, the safe route. Um, and there's nothing wrong with the safe route. My life is a hybrid of, of safe and, and unconventional at this juncture. But um, and I've been fully unconventional. I've been fully conventional. And now I'm somewhere in the middle. But um, you have to keep reminding yourself I've made different choices. And those choices mean that my journey is going to be different and the outcomes are not going to look the same either in the way that they appear, the speed at which they appear, um, or altogether. Right. So I think that's the most important thing. And I think it's important to surround yourself with people who are also making uh, unsafe choices and are dealing with the patience and the grit and the consistent grit that it takes for those choices to yield fruit. Right. And I also think it's important 
um, circling back to probably our earlier part of the episodes when you were um, giving more of advice and talking about your personal experiences to like keep track of what's going on in your life mm-hmm. and like what your goals are. Because a lot of times it you know, life can be discouraging. You can get off track, but you have to remind yourself what you're doing and the reasons why you're doing Because, I mean, oftentimes you forget if you get caught up in the day-to-day grind, you might have the moments where you're sitting there like, why am I doing this again? I mean, listen, just to keep it all the way real, I have those moments even with this podcast. It takes so much to produce this show with a very small team. Um, and while I enjoy putting this kind of contact content out to the world, when I think about the amount of energy that it takes and the things that go on behind the scenes and the maneuvering and the change-ups and the reschedules and this, that, and the third and the money to edit and do this and do that and the equipment, I stop at times and I'm like, why are we doing this? Right. Um, but at the same time, I think it's something that I know it's something that we're passionate about, A. B, it's going to continue to grow. Um, and it's phase one into a really multifaceted vision that we have as it relates to media and how we impact the world. So and one of the things that I have to do to keep myself motivated is thinking about when it was just the solo episodes and I was in a closet at three o'clock in the morning recording and, and, and trying to figure it out. And you were trying to figure out the editing piece and then us literally begging people to come on the show. Right. You know, just leaning heavily on the people that we knew in our own circles and now getting to the point where. I feel like somebody is always contacting us. Like, oh, I got somebody you need to talk to. Or people have reached out to us cold about being on the show. Right. Um, and we have some really great opportunities coming up where people recognize the benefit of long form interviews telling our stories um, and wanting to utilize this as a platform to really introduce and reintroduce themselves to the world um, as it relates to what they have on the horizon. So to me, when things like that happen, it is a moment for me to reflect on how far we've come, for sure. Hey, man, it's still got a long way to go. We though. do. But, I mean, it's an ongoing journey. And I think that's also one of the beauty, beautiful things about, you know, doing something like a bo- podcast, because it's also we're documenting our lives and where we're at at this point in time. Yeah, we could be fraudulent. You know, I could be out here in other people's VIPs, holding <laughs> bottles up, taking pictures, but that's just not me. But I think long term, that's where we win is the authentic authenticity of this podcast, parts of our lives that we display and the authenticity of our guests. Yeah. So speaking of authenticity, oh, I've had the craziest summer. Do talk about it. <laughs> so, I mean, I won't spend too much time on it here because I am writing about it in that book that I've been talking about on the show for a while, um, which I'm aiming to have done by the fall. Uh, but DeMarcus spoke about turning 31 as a 37-year-old female. I've had to make some hard choices. Um, and some very expensive choices, particularly around motherhood and fertility. So um, I've been on this rabbit hole now for almost 18 months of figuring out where I stand and figuring out what choices I want to make and working to preserve my fertility and all those great things. Um, I'm not announcing a pregnancy. Let me let me just put that out there. Um, but doing some things behind the scenes to make sure that uh, when I choose to make that choice that I can. So that's fine. Um, but what I did not expect was the wear and tear that it would have on my body and the toll that it would take. Yo, she was laid up like she had been in a car accident. <laughs> Shout out to our mother for being so helpful. Yes. So um, our mom came up. OK, well, let me back up. So first, I had been dealing with specialists at this juncture now for I guess it's been about 10 months, like preparing for this. So understanding the process, um, understanding all the risks, going through genetic testing, all of these things. And to the women in, who listen to our show, if you are over 35, do yourself a favor and start talking to your doctor about this and finding out if you can just start testing where your levels are um, and finding out your options. Because for me, I sort of was just leaving it in God's hands and saying, you know what, when the time is right, it'll happen. I'm, I'm a healthy person. You know, things are good. And it was my my doctor, who happens to be a black woman as well, um, who said to me, hmm, we should run some numbers and, and see where you are. And those numbers created a sense of urgency that was not there. She was like, uh, you need to do something about this. So, you know, I think we, we, we all talk about how black don't crack and we're all melanated and we don't look our ages, but our reproductive systems are very much. <laughs> well, so I don't know if the reproductive system is black. <laughs> that reproductive system reminded me that you are, you are no, over you 35. Are quite human. Yes, exactly. So then became, um, then the path became a, a bunch of decisions about 
what I was willing to do right now. Um, so yeah, I chose to fr- freeze my eggs. And that's the, the long and short of that for today. And, but the, what I had to go through beforehand as it relates to getting myself met ready and the medication and getting my levels right and then going into the injections for it and then having the procedure itself, I was laid up like I had been in a prison fight. Yeah, she like, she got stabbed on the yard. <laughs> I was concerned. <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. And not to mention the just the exhaustion, the dehydration, the emotional piece, because your hormone levels are like out of control. But thankfully, mine mine were not as bad I, as like some other horror stories that I've heard. I feel like you you handled that pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I feel I still feel like I was pretty even keel. For me, the hardest part was just I was tired, like super, super tired. Um, So I've been writing about the whole process and it is going to be in this chapter in the book about choosing joy even when life is not unfolding in the way that you thought. So you've been dealing with turning 31 and for me sort of the the choices that I've made and some of the choices I didn't make just the way my life has unfolded I've had very sobering reminders that like um I'm on a very tight timeline. Right. If there are certain things that I want, Janet Jackson aside. <laughs> right. Um, and having to go through that process and go through it without a partner was really hard. And, you know, going to all these fertility appointments and seeing all these couples in the lobby and I'm just there single. And not only am I there single, but there are no other women who look like me. Right. Which is a whole other layer of complexity because I think culturally we're still getting to that point where we see these things as an option. Um, You know, we tend to move in faith and and I spoke to God. I spoke to the pastor and he said, my yes. man, it's going to be my season. My man is on his way. And listen, I'm a woman of faith. I talk about that all the time. You know, so I believe that God wants good things for us and 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 good things are going to happen. However, I had to face the reality of where I am biologically um, and in my life. And I have been trying to go out of my way to speak to black women in my life about the procedure that I had and the, the choice that I had to make so that they're aware what options are out there. Keep praying, keep believing, keep having faith. But just as we would take advantage of advances in medicine for other things, you should do it for this too. Exactly. Um, and also there are options in terms of, you know, financially and people's insurances are, are covering in the way that they weren't before. Not all, but some. Um, and there, there are ways out there. And so if if anybody knows me, they know I'm not one to be talking about my personal medical situation. Right. Um, but I think it is important to to share knowledge um, for my sisters. And but also we're on a show where we encourage candor and authenticity. Right. So as a host, I get to dig into the, the inner workings of other people's lives and histories. But I don't really have to do it that much on this show. Um, so look at you putting skin in the game. You know what? So we Demarcus and I have a long history with that phrase skin in the game. We both hate and it. She, so. uh, she hates that <laughs> phrase with a passion. And one day we'll talk about why yes. we both dislike that. That's a memoir in its in, in and of itself. Why we hate that phrase so much. Um, but that'll all come out. Who and when it does, mm. you might get a CNN interview off that. Um, just right. But in in any case, so that's what I've been dealing with for the last. I'm just starting to feel like myself. You was, she yeah. was out of it, y'all. I, I was, was coming so out to the of house. It. There was like syringes in the canister, <laughs> like all this different medication in the freezer. It was it's crazy. But she held it together because I thought, you know, the hormones would have had her going haywire. She's a little bit more annoyed than usual. Might have been a little short a few times, but you know, it's whatever. Yeah, patience. Oh, man. The patience My patience was, was gone. <laughs> I was just like, all right, you have a blessed day too. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was really bad. But here's the thing, though. I don't know if that was from the medication or the lack of sleep because I was so uncomfortable right. that I also couldn't really sleep. And then like lights were bothering me and all this other stuff. And the crazy part is the last time we recorded, I was already in this process. Right. So remember, I had to go the last day that we recorded. I had to go to get blood work done, right. and then I came to the then recording. Then record. So between, so you can't tell me I'm not a professional because between guests, I was lying on a couch, right, stretched <laughs> out, so out of it, no appetite, and, nothing. And that was a concern leading up to you. Were you even going to be able to sit and go through the interview because we didn't know how you were going to react to right. the hormones? 
So yeah, we did those um we did those interviews while I was under the influence. But it worked out. Cause if I'm not mistaken, when you start taking those hormones, it's almost like simulating a pregnancy inside of your body, right? I mean, in a sense, I talked to women, I've never been pregnant, but I talked to women who have. And as I was telling them the symptoms, they were like, Yeah, you sound like somebody who's having a baby. I don't know. You had the little belly too. Well, yeah, I did gain um over fifteen pounds in the process in ten days. So yeah, thankfully, was, uh, most of that is gone. It was water weight, but yeah. Yeah, she was over here looking like Theodore from the Chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> Face all around. Now, dude, <laughs> dude, <laughs> did you have to put all my business out there? All right, I'm chill. <laughs> I'm chill. But listen, um, to those, especially women, I don't think men care about this, but to women whose interest is peaked. Oh, man, I've got some good content in the book that I've written uh, on everything that I went through um, and how I was treated and me trying to figure out if that was a race thing or or what um, or just being a number. Because this is a, I mean, I just didn't realize how big of a business this is. It's a racket. It is a racket. They they have a tight, Um, from what you told me, they have their hand around it. There's nothing that people really can do. Right. Exactly. Uh, It's kind of like a take, it's kind of like the way diamonds are. It's like a take it or leave it type of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, this is what it is. And I I was, I I chose my fertility specialist with intention because I'm very big on who treats me, um, only to not see her again after like my second visit, even though she was my doctor and, you know, somebody else performed my procedure, somebody else, namely a white man. Um, so there's that. (laughs) So, um, and I have very strong feelings about that and my recovery and the information that I was given after. So yeah, I'm writing about all of it. I'm letting the chopper spray on that. Y'all can catch it, man. The book is coming. It's coming out. 29.99. So 30. Wow. You really taxing people, huh? Hey man, it's jewels in there. You got to pay for quality, (laughs) right? So yes, um, I will be delving more deeply into my personal story in that book than or I already am, but uh, than I ever have. I don't know how I feel about that yet, but we're rolling with it for the greater good. That's a fact. So, yeah. So DeMarcus has been dealing with the aftermath of making certain choices. Um, and I have two in my own way and still trying to figure that out, what it looks like with this crazy life that, that we lead. Like, how does a family um, fit into that for me? You know, fellas, we are truly blessed that we do not have to worry about pregnancy. You can be issues. like 83 years old. It's still I can be happen. 48 starting a whole new family. It's truly a, a, a blessing. And I don't think I really thought about it until a few years back when we started living together. Like, no, there really is a time for, you know, it's it's very sad, but it's really a time span on when you can expect to have children as a woman. It gets dangerous the older you get. Right. And how do you manage um, you know, being a professional and also wanting to have a family and being a mother, it's not really set up for the benefit. It's it's all. it's it's not. You do feel like you have to make choices and you can have it all, just not all simultaneously. Um, There's a lot of people who are not in a rush to settle down anytime soon. Exactly. And I mean, listen, I, I'm I don't know how many men that I've dated who would be like, oh, you are my wife. That has happened multiple mm-hmm. times. Um, but it did not work out for one reason or another. A lot of dodged bullets, so I don't have a lot of right. regrets. Some, some of whom you you probably would agree. You know, I, I was about to say something, but for the sanctity of your show and your prior relationships, I'm going to be quiet. But yes, <laughs> there's a few people that, you know, I thought I was going to have to go to county for. But that'll be in a book. <laughs> be in my memoir. Have you named your memoir? I can't remember. I did, but I can't say it on this show. Okay, so we'll leave that where it's at. (laughs) So, yeah, but, you know, this is where, like, I went through all of that and it was really grueling, but now I feel so much peace. Even though I don't know how it's all going to pan out, um, I feel like I did what I could to at least uh, give myself some options. So... And, and made some sacrifices to do that because this has not been the most enjoyable summer on any level because it was expensive. Let's even with insurance, let's not get it twisted. Um, but I, I feel a lot of peace that I, I've, I'm making informed choices. And I have spoken about probably on this show, and I know I've done it in um, speaking engagements, those mile markers. And what I mean by that are those things in your life that give you a glimpse or an indication that you are headed in the right direction. And I take those things seriously. And even when the life in totality doesn't look like what you thought it would, paying attention to those mile markers and putting stock in those things to know that you were on the right track. And that's what keeps me going. Hey. For sure. Those mile markers. It's important. It's important because you can lose track without it. Mm-hmm. So in the middle of all of that and everything we've had going on, 
Yeah, we're still on this philanthropy thing, gearing up for our backpack drive. Gearing up for the backpack drive is going down Red Bank, New Jersey. August the 24th, we will be giving away 500, counted 500 backpacks to local students with and families supplies. in need with school supplies. Everybody going to be there. I just got off the phone with Luda. He going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Foxx going to come through, do a few impersonations. Childish said he was gonna, not going to let Jamie show him up. He's coming through. I'm kidding, but we it, it's, it's going to be spectacular. Um, and yeah, I can't wait. It's still a lot of work to be done, but oh, so the, the weight has definitely been, been lifted that now that we have secured all the backpacks that we need. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit, because um, we went into this literally not knowing how any of this was going to work. We talked about in our last duo episode how we pulled the gala off. But when we walked away from that gala, you know, we had raised some money, but it wasn't enough to do everything we needed to do. So we were kind of like, okay. So this is what most people don't realize. They saw the docu docu short that we did on our grandparents, came to the gala with all the glitz and the glam, and people were emailing me. I don't know if you had this experience. People were emailing me or texting me like, you guys did it. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah, we pulled off phase one, but there's so much more that needs to happen. So like, basically, we took like a week off and then jumped right back into it. Right. So we literally took photos, recap from the event and, and started contacting people again. Like, yeah, that part is done, but help us reach our next goal. Because it wasn't just about getting dressed up. It was about the kids. And we still need to, to do X, Y, and Z. And we have moved through this process in blind faith co- continuously. It didn't stop with the gala. It don't stop. It just keeps going. It just keeps and going, going and going. The, the gala was essentially like, in a sense... I mean, it was, it was, we were halfway there. We were announcing, okay, hey, look, we're doing this in August. And it just set the level of expectation higher, right? Because right. you've done one thing and you pulled it off and it's beautiful. Um, And everybody's like, oh, whoa, okay, cool. So what you doing next? Yeah, And exactly. people say like, you know, we're going to support you, but people, unless it's their baby, it's their project, it rarely are you going to get the support and the help that you need from others. Most people are like, yeah, I got you, but they're standing off to the side with their right. hands on their hip. They have their own problems, their own things going on. Um. And yeah, so it just falls back on the people who are truly in it and dedicated to it. Yeah, I mean, because people were hyped. Like after even that night and the days that that uh, came, followed after the gala, whatever you need, I am there. Ask me how many of those people I've spoken to between now and then. Many of whom I've reached out to repeatedly. Um, and it's it's that has been an important lesson to me, what you said about like, unless, you know, if it's not their baby, life comes up. Right. It's, we all have to make we all leave, live really busy lives and we have to set priorities. And I have people pulling me in 100 different directions all the time who want something from me. Right. So I'm not blaming anybody. But the sobering truth is that what's going to be at the top priority list for people are the things that they have to do. Right. Always. It's, it's at the top of my priority list. This podcast, HOSA, my work as an attorney, my book, you know, my family, all those things. And then all the other favors have to be be slotted into there. So that that is fine and acceptable. Um, I think what really surprised me in this process and to those of you who are thinking about doing this, a word of advice is when you start going to companies and establishments and asking for help, a lot of them make those decisions on a month by month basis. So you're trying to do the smart thing and get commitments in advance. And they're coming back telling you, we can't even tell you whether the money is going to be in the budget right. before the, the event, the month of your event. Right. So you're basically moving blindly in hopes that you'll get um, the answer that you want really, really close to your deadline. And this is big things because I spoke to someone about, you know, possibly donating food uh, and drinks, you know, hot dogs, hamburgers. We're talking about enough to feed 500 kids and their families. And they're like, yeah, get at me two weeks before. And it's like, that's normal for their company. But like, how can I center a whole event around like, it's literally like flipping a coin. I might be able to do it. I don't know. I won't know till two Mm -hmm. weeks before. And if that person says, no, we're talking about thousands of dollars that needs to be, that we need to come up with to be able to feed all this. Right, exactly. The anxiety. This is why I'm out here looking like Bill Duke. (laughs) (laughs) And listen, I mean, people don't, all this stuff, like getting Deja from the radio to come, like the huge band, 
some really deep pocketed people who showed up at, at our, our gala. Like mm -hmm. all that is great, but we have spent our weekends like in Restaurant Depot and in BJ's like pricing cases of hamburgers. Right. Just trying to figure out our budget and how we're going to meet these needs um, if people don't come through. Now, thankfully, we have taken care of the important parts. Those kids are going to get backpacks and school supplies at the number that we set. Thanks to the relationships that we have, um, which will be announced at some point. Trust right. me on, on that. Um, Y'all know who y'all are. Yeah, exactly. And the Much only reason we're not saying it on this show is because we don't know if they want to be made public at this point. Um, but a lot of the other pieces, like we've just been grinding it out, trying to figure out how to make it happen. And and the, the, the story has unfolded week by week. So like these developments happen, we're just like, oh, okay, well, that's taken care of. Right. You know, we got around the bureaucracy of the township uh, because of, you know, uh, one of our honorees stepped up and was like, use our space, which cleared the way for us to not have to go through as much red tape with city officials. Shout out Pastor Porter and Pilgrim Baptist yeah. Church because, you know, Monmouth County, I know y'all are listening from everywhere, but to be such a small place, it has a whole lot of politics and a lot of people want you to kiss their rings in order to do simple community work. I'm not trying to run for mayor. I don't <laughs> right. even live there, player. Like, I live an hour and a half away. I've there, I gain nothing from doing anything but seeing the smiles on these kids and their families' faces. Delisha lives like an hour and a half away as well. We're not trying to move in on your territory. But you would think with some of the stares that we've gotten that we were. Um, so someone who gets it, you know, Pastor Porter right. stood up and said, come on our grounds. Use the block adjacent to our church. And we know these folk. And the minute I dropped his name, it was like all of a sudden, you know, the gates opened right. and we were able to make it happen, um, which really taught me the importance. I think I knew it, but it was just a reminder that you don't know where your strongest allies are going to come from. Very true. And it's easy to like, I had a lot of contacts in the entertainment world that we were reaching out to and trying to make some things happen there. Sports, you had, you know, sports contacts, but really it's been the boots on the ground people that have really come through for us. Right. In a very real way. Shout out Brigitte as well. Yes, Brigitte Monsoor. Thank um, you so much for everything you've done. Who's been you know, a driving force behind the scenes to make things happen for us, showing up at city meetings when we can't go. Um, so, you know, while while we are out here grinding in a lot of ways, there are those people, those silent supporters who are helping by doing the work and taking on certain tasks to help make this a little bit easier for us. Um, and it's, it would not it's not the people that we thought it would be. That's the no. crazy part. But you, you know what? You learn a lot through service, and that's the beautiful thing about service. And you build relationships with people that you wouldn't expect doing acts of service and deeds. And I think that's the main thing that I've learned since I've been back in New York. Uh, these past, what, I've been back for, what, like seven years at this point? That's crazy. You've been back since, what, Hurricane Irene? Yeah. Whenever that was? So, yeah. That was like 2000, end of 2012. I have no idea. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. It was like November of 2012. But all the most of the, the great relationships that I've been developed here have been through acts of service with people, working with people and then, you know, building genuine bonds through that. Because honestly, truly, I say this all the time, like that's probably the best way to pe meet people in New York City. Right. Everything else, those happy hours, just a lot of superficial stuff that you're not going to really connect with people. But actually doing some work that's beneficial, um, you, you meet other genuine people. And come in contact with other genuine people that maybe, you know, can be a blessing in your life and you can be a blessing to them as well. For sure. Um, first of all, I can't believe you've been here for that long. Oh, maybe I, it was her. Was it Hurricane Sandy? Yeah, it, it was, was Hurricane Sandy. Sandy. Yeah, not Irene. Irene was 2011. Um, Sandy was 2012. But this is like, like we had a meeting today um, where we were giving some updates with some of the staff and volunteers who were helping and the looks on their faces about what we've been able to do. But I think what people don't realize is that these relationships right. are years in the making. Um, I didn't know. I knew you <laughs> and I knew Troy when I got up. Right. I didn't know anyone when I first got back up How here. did you infiltrate in like into the, the wonderful world of Black New York City when you came? How did I infiltrate the wonderful world of Black in New York City? That's a very interesting question. I think mainly it was just being myself. Um, and being a, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm quasi Southern. So being a, um, being actually interested in a person. So instead of like most people in New York, they try to work the room. They yeah. try to talk to everybody and the biggest person in the room. When I would go to things, um, I speak to like one or two people and I'd have meaningful conversations with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and not try to get anything out of it, but, and then also just 
keeping in contact with people. I think that's the one of the main things that's very important is like when you meet somebody while, while you're out taking an email, taking their phone number, befriending them on social media, media, you know, and that's the passive conversation, commenting and liking things or when you see it, but just calling and emailing people out of the blue, like when you don't want anything. Yeah, I, I was just having this conversation um, with a law student who asked me to go to coffee and he's a bit introverted, which... I am too, believe it or not. Um, and he's like, how do you do this? Like, how do you build a network? How do you you keep up with people? And that was the exact advice that I gave him. Right. Oftentimes, we don't have a problem reaching out when we need something, but we live in the age of access to information and social media. So you can keep up with what people have going on without a lot of heavy lifting. Right. So utilizing that information to sometimes just just be genuinely happy for what someone has going on. Right. Or if you see that they've suffered a loss or what have you, just checking in, right. you know, sorry to hear that this happened or congratulations for that happening. Or, you know what, you stroll, you know, you scroll, I scrolled through my timeline and you passed through today and I just thought about you wanted to say hello. It's building that and making those small investments so that when you do need something, you can call without seeming right. like an opportunist because you've built that proper foundation. Right. And I, I think, um, one of the main things that I learned, you know, from some of my mentors is, again, I always say time, talent, and treasure, right? A lot of times we don't have the treasure. Uh, you don't have the money to spare. But if you got time and talent, those things are just as important. So if you see somebody struggling to do something or trying to get something off the ground or event just showing up and being able to help them, people don't forget that. Some people may take advantage, but the people, the genuine people that you feel that energy coming from, they remember those things and they reciprocate it. For sure. You know, it might not be always be on time when you want it, but you'll get it back. That's my belief. For sure. Um, And I think, you know, and you have to, my belief is to do things because you want to do them, you believe in the people and you care about the people are genuine. Not to be doing it for like some sort of invisible quid pro quo in the back of your mind. Like if I do this, this and this, they're going to react like this because all it's ever going to do is leave you miserable. Exactly. Because I can't tell you how many things we've done, not even looking for that outcome, but it really falling flat, you know, right. with, with the, peop the people on the other end of it. And also one of the things that can be really hard when you are trying to manifest the vision for your life or trying to get anything off the ground. Even if what you're trying to get off the ground is just reinventing yourself and, and your brand. One of the things that can be very difficult is not being thirsty. Right. Like being especially in metropolitan areas like New York City, opportunities float to you all the time. Oh, I got this thing. I got this thing. I want to loop you into this, that, and the third. And I can remember when I first came and I was trying to get my law practice off the ground uh, when I first went out on my own, I felt like I had to chase down every lead in like dogged fashion. Um, and over time, even when those leads were necessary, I had to learn how to approach things from a place of confidence and peace and in a very measured way. Right. Because, yes, it does take dogged pursuit and it does take hustle, but it also takes discernment because every lead and every opportunity is not going to yield the return that you think it is. And then sometimes it could be the right opportunity, but you're coming with the wrong energy. It's very true. Energy of desperation or just like this has to happen or my world is going to crumble, which is also a problem. And one of the things that I have learned at this point in my career and in my life from brokering deals and introducing people and being a part of a lot of things is that a lot of folks who are really, really making moves they don't necessarily have that rush about them. They're like, oh, let's meet. Let me let me tell you about this. Then let's meet again. Then I'm going to holler at you in two weeks when I get back from L.A. And it's slowly starting to crystallize and come together. But unless there's a driver that requires that something closes or happens very quickly, it is often a process. And sometimes you can get lost in that shuffle when you don't know how to match the person's tempo, as opposed to just coming across with this energy of like, this has to happen and it has to happen now. Right. Because a lot of times the people that prey on you being that person are not the ones that you want to be in bed with. That is a fact. I think one lesson that I learned and keep having to remind myself is, again, it's, it's so cliche, but take it one day at a time. Yeah. Get things accomplished for the day. And if you can't finish it today, it's tomorrow, it's next week. But as long as you're, and you know, the tagline of the show is like you're taking, being extraordinary on a day, you're taking progressive steps each day to get a step closer to what you are trying to accomplish. Yeah, It'll work I, out. And I think what being extraordinary often means is being able to be okay when it's not unfolding in the way that you thought. The, the reason that we've now met our goal as it relates to the amount of children that we're about to serve is because a person 
who thought they were going to make moves of uh, moves for us on our behalf for the gala. It didn't work out. Right. That didn't that part didn't work out. But we knew heart was in the right place. They were doing what they could do. It just didn't pan out for that. But then after the it was over, we continued to forge a relationship with that person completely outside of Hosa. Right. And then all of a sudden an opportunity opened up that came out of nowhere that is didn't we didn't think could happen at all. It wasn't even an angle that we thought about. Um so life rarely happens in the way that we want it to, unfortunately. And I think part of being extraordinary is holding on to your peace and your faith when that happens and keeping your eyes peeled for uh, new new mercies and new blessings coming to you right. in completely different form. Every bi- biography that I read, every documentary that I watch, is never a streamlined process. Mm-hmm. It's always zigs and zags and turns. And I think just having that objective and remaining consistent and trying to keep your ego down. Right. And having to check your pride at certain times. And again, consistent action. Consistent, consistent action. And I could say that, like, I don't think there's been a day this year when we haven't touched either Hosa or the December 26th podcast. And we're, it's about to be August. Right. It's a full time. Not job. one day. There's not been a day that has gone by that is something has not been done for one of those two things. Right. It might be something small, but it's something. You know, I never understood about people saying, find your passion. Mm-hmm. Like, I understood it, but I never really thought about it until I got involved with these projects. Because seriously, if I wasn't passionate about it, I would have nothing to do. I would not be recording this episode right, right now because I want to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Just to keep it a buck with you, I could be napping right now. But this is our baby. These are our babies. This is what I really care about. Um, it's top priority. So there's nothing that I wouldn't do to get it done. Right. And you have to be that, like, in order to exceed and excel at things, you have to be passionate about it. You have, like, you have to be. And one of the things that I've been saying this week as we start to pull together the pieces um, for the next phase and what we want to do with the show and philanthropy is there are not that many people on the planet who are willing to do what it takes to be better than basic. Nope. And I want to be better than basic. And and that means that we have to be stretched and we have to make the, the difficult decisions. And there's nothing wrong with being, quote unquote, basic. Nothing I know they use it as a joke online all the time. People say, oh, they basic. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want out of life, that's fine. But if you're striving for more, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice. And it's not always going to be pretty. It's not. You're going life is going to test you and you're going to get smacked around. You're going to get slapped. Right. You're going to have some very low points, but it's about always picking yourself up and continuing to go on and not throwing your hands up. Absolutely. Um, Passion, y'all. It's a passion. Passion. You can't you cannot fake it because life. I'm telling you, my book coming one day, but life is going to test you in every way possible. If you're not passionate, you're going to be like, I can't do this. And that's how you end up moving to Atlanta to work in a call center. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no shots at people who work in a call center. But it's true. Like I, People talk to me all the time about this show and the things that we, we do. And I've had people say to me, I just feel so, use that word, I feel so basic or I feel so inadequate or a slacker. There is nothing wrong with getting up every day and working a nine to five, whatever your job is, going home to your family and going to see a new, the new movie out on Friday, taking one to two vacations a year and calling it a day. That is a life. That's the life that most Americans live. But what I find problematic is when people want the results and are not willing to make different choices. Choices, right. You, you got to make different choices if you want different outcomes. It's the truth. My life looks very different now than it did pre-December 26th. Right. Because of everything that we have brewing. It looks even uh, more crazy now that we've added in the host fund. Um, but it, it's these are passions and we've chose to to build things on multiple tracks at one time, mm-hmm. um, which is not easy. And some experts may even disagree with us on that front. Most people say to get famous for one thing and then then branch out. We've we've made choices to diversify um, a bit early in the process. Jury's still out on whether that was the right choice. But anyway, we're in it now. <laughs> I mean, the jury is still out, but we got it done, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, we did. As you know, one of my favorite quotes is, but did you die? though?" <laughs> And we did not, you know, we didn't, we accomplished everything that we said we were going to do this year. Yeah. It took a lot, you know, cost me a few hair follicles, you know. And I de- I definitely have a patch of gray hair in my head that right. I did not have when we started this. Hey, you know, cost, cost us some things, but, you know, anything worth having is going to be a fight. And if it was for everybody and everybody could do it, they would do it. They would. They would. 
Um, and also, too, like I, I've looked at other shows and other people that we know, speakers that I started with years ago, because people may not know I started speaking like way before we started the show, mm -hmm. um, doing talks and appearing on panels and stuff like seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. Um, and looking at where some of those speakers that I've shared a stage with have landed and the size of their followings, even with everything I know to be true and as grounded as I consider myself to be, that trust that has weighed on the ego. Um, and I have to remind myself that, again, this is this is my race and my race looks very different than other people's. Um, and that is OK. That is completely OK. We spend a lot of time putting weight on the size of people's followings online. Um, and that is not the end all be all. A lot of that's definitely huge not followings the end all who can't pay their bills. But that's another subject. <laughs> that's definitely not the end all be all. Because a lot of times people have these followers for different reasons, but is there engagement there? Is there support? Is right. there loyalty there? Mm -hmm. And you can have 100,000 followers. If you can't move, you know, 100 of those followers to do something, right, to, to, to actively do something, what is the point of having 100,000 followers? Right, exactly. Those are not actual, that's not, you haven't built a tribe of people and supporters. You're not an actual influencer. There's people that just spectate and look at what you do. Exactly. And that's a big difference between the two. We're not interested in that at all, even though I'm supposed to be getting on my IG game. Keyword, supposed to be. Yeah, supposed to be. But first of all, let's be clear. You were supposed to be helping me with that. Listen, man, I can't do it though. I can't <laughs> you, be editing, flooding, speaking. Me, but you gassed me up and you were like, set it up because you're my case study anyway and I need to be doing X, Y, and Z. That's what you told me, okay? Look, I need an intern, man. Yeah, we I can't really be the intern, the producer, videographer, <laughs> audio engineer. You know, consultant, security, you, you know, you, and confidence. You, you, you anointed yourself security. That's a lot for sure. Of, <laughs> I anointed myself. It's my birthright. Who's going to do it, Dad? <laughs> whoa, 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 brother. <laughs> um, also a different conversation for a different day. I'm sorry, yeah. But yes, we are. I, I promise that I'm going to get on my social media game. But here's the thing. I feel very boring. Most of what I do is behind the scenes is just work. Writing, meeting with people, writing, meeting with people, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you do captions and video for that. Exactly. Y'all want to see her hold her phone up over legal briefs? Like, exactly. Yeah, y'all, look at these posters, y'all. Nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Nobody. Basically, Delisha's work is like, if you just, next time you download an app, read the terms and conditions. <laughs> If you want to know what she does, because that's basically the type of stuff that she reads. No, I yell at people, too. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a fierce negotiator now. Don't don't get it twisted. All right. My bad. So I have my moments, but that's all confidential. So I can't. You can't even can't even put it on blast. I can't put it on blast. Maybe so. you just need to take pictures of yourself holding coffee over paper. <laughs> now you're getting to a little fountain pen in the corner of your mouth, tapping it. And that's the other thing. I'm not into all the staged photos that people do. Like, I find it pretentious. Like, it's just right. not my thing. Um, It feels very contrived. So I'm not really sure. Y'all pray my strength in the Lord. We're going to figure it out. We'll if you're interested, it. man, hit the host, uh, hit the December 26th email, man. We got space trying to build a team. We, we do. We need more people. It, it's getting to the point where we're getting, you know, more and more guests. But it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work that goes in putting out a quality hour-long interview. Right. So um, we are working on that. And leading up to the book release, yes, I will be opening up more about my personal life and the things that I've have going, I have going on. Uh, we've committed to appearing more on other shows, podcast shows. So yes, if you are a podcaster yourself or have a media outlet, um, I do interviews. I feel like Demarcus should do them too, even though he really doesn't outside of the show and his um, other secret brand, which we won't talk about. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I'm going to start doing uh, more appearances and, and popping up on other shows. So if you're interested, info at December26th.com. We are over here uh, waiting, waiting to talk to you. Um, and also, before we get out of here, is there anything else you want to discuss first? No, I think we touched everything. We touched everything? So, uh, before like we get out of here, right, we have secured... Um, the meat and potatoes, as I've been calling it, the, the main ingredients for a really fun day uh, for really 500 plus kids, because that's the other thing. We were aiming for 500, but we're going to have an overage at this point. Right. Um, but there are all these other elements that we are incorporating, namely food and, and beverage and games and entertainment and all that great stuff. So if you still want to support the cause, there are expenses out there that we, we still got to cover. Listen, 
No amount is too small. Two ninety nine, not in New York City, but in New Jersey, you can get a case of water for two ninety nine. So, um, if you want to support the cause and any denomination, uh, take a look on hosafund.org. H O S A is H O S is in sunshine. A fund F U N D dot org, and just scroll down and click that donate button. We take anything that's been change, paper, <laughs> Bitcoin. Carry shells, pesos, anything. Anything. Well, euros, <laughs> pounds. Pounds, sterling, you know, silver. We'll, we'll make it happen. Um, so, but in a few short weeks, we'll be, we'll probably come back and talk about the aftermath of that. Uh, but in any event, if you'd like to support the cause, and if you are local to the New York City metro area, and you don't want to give money, but you want to give your time, we still need an army of volunteers, that is an option as well. Um, so for those who are in New York, You'd like, where in the world is Monmouth County? It's about, what, a 50-minute, hour-long train ride direct into the town right. that we are going to be um, uh, active in. And the train station is literally five minutes away. So uh, if you're interested in that, you want to make the trek and come uh, spend the day with us, bringing joy to families who really need it. Yeah, you can also hit us up at info hey. at December26er.com or just DM us at December26er. Um, and we will get back to you on that because we need all the help we can get. And we, we know 26ers are people who are really committed to investing in others. So we welcome you being not only just our virtual tribe, but boots on the ground uh, as we try to make that happen. And if you have not done so, but if you enjoy this show, make sure you uh, like us on social media, subscribe, all that great stuff. And now we're releasing YouTube videos of the episodes a week after they come out because we all know that that video is is a serious component right now. Right. Um, so you can find video version of our podcast as well on our YouTube page, December 26er. And just keep supporting us, y'all. We're going to stick with it. We are approaching our two year anniversary which is crazy. Time is moving. It's just moving. Um, I don't know what we're going to do for that. Maybe we'll skip the two-year anniversary and just hit the 100th episode right. and do something then. Um, but yeah, I'm proud of what we've built. I'm proud of those of you who listen to us consistently and provide feedback and support us um, and, and share the show because there is no show without you. It's just us talking on tape. So um, we're grateful and we are looking forward to what is to come with the December 26th family and what is to come uh, with our efforts to really invest in other people, young people, the way people invested in us in a way that allows us to do what we do and pursue our passions. Um, we would not be these people without our family and, and mentors and all that great stuff that let us to believe and to have the confidence that we can manifest and manifest visions. So that's a fact. So, yeah, we're just doing our part to pay it forward. And we encourage all you 26ers out there uh, to do the same. But I think that's it for now. I'm excited, man. I, I feel like I got like a second wind after this. I do. I'm going to get my second one after I take this nap. But. Got it. I mean, it's, it's real out here. Hey. <laughs> it, it is real out here. Joy. And paint <laughs> like sunshine and rain. That's how I'm feeling right about now. That is so, so real. Um, but in the interim, yes, share, like, subscribe. Don't forget, donate. Even if you have $5, hostafund.org. Check donate. us out. Donations. Listen, and we're legit. We're federally registered, so you will get uh, an acknowledgement of your money. Um, and last but not least, as we say every single week, Remember to be extraordinary on an ordinary day. Take care. Take care. Thank you for listening to the December 26th podcast. I am your host, Delisha. This episode was produced by Demarcus Adisa and music was provided by Thovo. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at December 26th. That's December 26ER.